0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Shoot,
1: Mark shoot, and Sarah talk about. Shoot, shoot Marsh
0: and Sarah talk about. Shoot, Marsh and Sarah talk about song
1: kids. Nothing says fun at your high school like a sock hop, and uh, we'll investigate exactly why that's a weird thing to say in just a few minutes. (laughs) Welcome to episode 94 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. I am your co-host, Mark Blankenship, and with me, as ever, or auch immer, as the Germans would say, is Sarah D. Bunting. Hi, Sarah. (laughs)
0: Schnell!
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Sarah, you Hello. you have chosen today's song. So why don't you tell us what you've brought up to bat?
0: Um, I selected The Police, Don't Stand So Close to Me. Uh, I thought it was an interesting choice in light of the times in which we live. And particularly uh, given the times in which I used to live, namely the 1980s at an all-girls school at which something um, similar to the story in this song occurred. Uh, It was after I was there. We can get into it later, but there's a lot to talk about here. So let's hear a clip and then we can start discussing. Uh so yeah, I do know how bad girls get. Um uh, this situation did unfold at my uh all-girls private high school uh like 5 or 6 years after I graduated. There were uh it was a young teacher, young science teacher. There were several sophomores with whom he was involved. And I think Each of them was content to be his girlfriend until they found out about the other ones. That was the scuttlebutt. I don't know. Uh, The situation is feloniously wrong, no matter who thought what about anything, obviously. But when I was a kid, uh, when this song was out, when the song was popular, first of all, Sting was like it as far as. Guys who were taped up inside your locker. Oh, yeah, Um, of course. It was him, uh, Stefan Edberg. um, uh, What's his name? Michael Hutchins. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Um, Not Rob Lowe. Who was the other one that everyone really liked? Um, Doesn't matter. Uh, Yeah, Sting. Sting was it. He looks very fine in this video. Uh, And there was something to my completely inexperienced uh mind that was very tragic and exciting about the story uh in this song. And then you actually read that book, um, by Nabokov and you're like <laughs> Uh-oh. And, and, w- and then you Yeah. And then you have some you get some more experience and you have some friends who have been taken advantage of by older guys uh and you live a little and you understand what's really going on in this song uh, listening to it now i always liked the song because it was just a good song like melodically i thought it was extremely well done lyrically they do a lot with just a couple of brush strokes like the wet bus stop like you can just envision oh. her like sort of huddled there and he's like i shouldn't Slow down and pick her up, but she's you know waiting out in the cold, but she's fifteen, but yeah she's you know waiting out in the cold, and like any any other teacher would pick her up like well, but pick her up, yes, but pick her up, no, and also and the
1: way that they quickly sketch the reaction of the other teachers in the school in that next verse. Like it really, you do get like a whole novel's worth of information in 15 words.
0: Strong words in the staff room, like a very British way of saying that there was probably yelling and screaming and tea was spilled Uh, and not the like fun RuPaul kind of tea. Uh, And then to hurt, they try and try like you can picture the faces of her classmates just like And you know, been there, like not in this situation, thank Godfully. But um, yeah, it's like a lot of information and story is communicated, uh, in a compact lyric, and that like they're they're shading this guy, like the I think that I didn't appreciate as a kid that the song does not approve. Like, the song is sung, like, from his point of view in theory, but it also hates him and thinks he's a piece of shit and pathetic and deserves everything bad that happens to him, I would say. That may not be your experience of this song. Mark, your thoughts.
1: Okay, I'm going to give you some real tea. Because this song came out in 1980, when I was one... uh I only knew it as a song that I had just always heard and had not quite paid attention to it
0: ever. Oh, I wanted to mention that we're talking about the original of this song, not the, like, 1990 reissue with the weird, like, acapella harmonies in the beginning and the weird, like, reissued video.
1: Oh, right, right, which is, I think it was, like, what, 86-something, whatever yeah Yeah.
0: and they put it on their greatest hits and it was like difficult to actually find this version for a long time which is the far superior version but anyway you might have had more truck with that version i hope you didn't but anyway continue i just wanted to mention that there was that reissue that thumbs down
1: fair enough so i was not two years old when this song was released and honestly didn't even really become aware of the police until uh, I can remember very clearly roller skating to every breath you take. So it wasn't <laughs> until you,
0: another disturbing childhood association yes. with a police song. Sure.
1: But it wasn't until you selected it for this episode that I had ever paid attention to the lyrics. I had just been aware of don't stand so close to me. And I had also Recognized it as the same melody as Sting's backing vocals on Money for Nothing. I want my, I want my MTV. Like, I knew that, right? Mm -hmm. But I didn't know this. I didn't know what this song was about. And when I listened to it this time, the first time I was half listening and then I heard him reference Nabokov and I was like, wait, what? Then I went back and really paid attention and I was like, oh, shit, this is actually a great short story wrapped up in a top 10 hit and it struck me that it squarely fits into that category of massively popular songs about things you would not think would be the subjects of massively popular songs and i love songs like this i love songs that manage to be about something hard to think about or dark or unsettling but then are catchy enough that you can they can seduce millions of people into just singing along and then it's Only after they've learned the whole song do they realize, oh, Luca is actually being abused or, you know, that that fast car is being driven by a shiftless, no good uh, burnout. You know, like it's uh,
0: uh, so that's uh, those are such good references. Well done.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And totally this song definitely fits into that category. And I give it a a tip of the cap. It makes me appreciate anew what Sting was doing and what the police were doing at this time. The only thing that I will say that's a slight read is I wish that the music were different. So I'm not how no, that's not what I mean. I wish that there were more of an evolution musically in the song because it is four minutes long and it's nothing really changes sonically. I wish that there were just something else that happened in the in the music, but that's like a minor quibble because really I still like it. I just feel like I get it in about two minutes and then it goes on for four, but that doesn't matter because the
0: yeah the, the no that's. That's legit. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could argue like I'm not the i I'm not the song's lawyer. I think Now you speaking of the argue... plaintiff. <laughs> um Humbert and Humbert L L P. Um Oh yes, yeah, so we mean, mean by be the be... way, the
1: Nabokov novel we mean is Lolita, not like pale fire or something. In, c- <laughs> in case you aren't clear.
0: Uh <laughs> yes, good good distinction. Um I forget that not everybody was uh an English major the you could argue that like that's sort of structurally reflects its um quote protagonist in that he has not evolved or grown up but I don't think that's the case like you could argue that it would be it would be nice if the police were like oh yeah the song sort of is stuck where it is to reflect this guy's you know, immaturity and, and selfishness and that adolescent state of mind, but I don't think that's true. And that's a legit critique. Um, I also like that, you know, they had a lot of like Caribbean flavor in their, um, in their sound at around this time. And, it just like doesn't go at all sometimes (laughs) with their subject matter. And I like that. I like the, um, I like the dichotomy between the sound, which is very, you know, peppy turn of the eighties and the, the subject matter. Uh, And this was definitely an interesting one to revisit, given how I felt about it as a kid. Um, And I, I believe that sting when he was still gordon sumner was a teacher for like a minute
1: yes that is what i read and remembered after i read it doing research for this episode that i had known that at some other point so yes that is true
0: yeah um but yeah that's i had not thought of it as part of this larger genre of like you know this is a top 10 hit and then when you unpack it it's like ooh yeah like what about <laughs> wait what am i dancing to okay
1: yeah okay also novels growth
0: <laughs> yeah um but yeah there was definitely I would I would be interested to listeners if you know of uh, like a biography of the police or of sting or of like a Rolling Stone oral history of this album or whatever if there are comments extant of the band talking about, This song and, you know, their intentions, Uh, I think they're clear in the song, but I'd be interested to know how they feel about the song now and how they incorporated reactions like ours in, you know, 80s New Jersey, where we were like, look, if Sting were our teacher, we'd try to fuck him too. Right, right. Or if he tried to fuck us, we would not say no because Sting and then all the, you know, tantric stuff happened. That was years later. Right. But um. Whew, but let hey, me tell you,
1: like, girl, when that started to come out, I was like making love to Sting for like five hours. I'm interested. Let's let's talk. Mm-hmm.
0: I yeah. would try it. I mean, maybe I'll start with two. <laughs> right. Get a pizza. <laughs> <I'm> no. <laughs> I'm just not sure my thighs have the tensile strength. So let's. Let's, you know, do it for like an hour and then do it again the next day for two hours. (laughs) We'll build up to it. Just work up to it. It's
1: training. It's training. Yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, it's a Buddhist philosophy and no one belongs to anyone. And I'm sure Trudy will not mind. She can make us some cucumber sandwiches. It'll be fine. Okay. This is a complete Uh, sidebar.
1: But a few years ago, Sting had a Broadway musical called The Last Ship. And he happened to just be in the theater very near me when i saw the show and he is an older gentleman now but he just radiates sexiness like he's just got such a calm And this is none of this is surprising but i just was happy to know that it's true he has such a calm centered confident energy that it was like oh hello yes what did you say i've lost i'm lost in your eyes debbie gibson style like i He's as sexy in person as I hoped he would be, and it just made me think when he was sexy and like had the the virile energy of being twenty three. whoo girl? There must have been no panties left.
0: Oh my, really? Uh, we my uh, then boyfriend and I went to see they did like a farewell tour right. like ten years ago. Which he basically, we got to, I forget how we even got tickets to this. It was some like PBS fundraiser, which we might have been at as press. I really don't remember. But he basically like came out on stage and was like, well, we're going to stop touring because I can't hit these like crazy rock high notes to make the sound, songs sound like they used to sound because I'm an old man and your voice doesn't really go that high. Anymore loses elasticity, so I'm gonna do the best I can. Uh, and then was sort of laughing at himself like, there was some song, not this one, but he like tried to scale up to it and then like stopped the band and was like, Well, we keyed that down, but not far enough, so I'm just gonna drop it down an octave. And then they just started again. And it was, I thought, amazing, really alluring that he was just like, I can't really do this anymore, <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to do it, th- you know, less than so. We're gonna do this one more time for y'all, and then we're gonna stop. You know, and enjoy our estates.
1: And I feel like what you're describing is one of the things that's so nice about the long arc of his career. Sting is someone who has demonstrated consummate musicianship throughout his whole career. Like I, his his hit songs, if you really listen to them again, like I had the experience of doing with this one, they really have a lot going on. His solo songs also really interesting, and sometimes yes, he made some stumbles along the way. You and I recently were talking about his
0: song about the Russians. It's like, oh uh, god, okay, well, yes. Hey, hey, Dave Cole, we know that's your favorite of uh, <laughs> Mister Sumner's deep thoughts on world relations. And I actually considered like, there's some, there's some garbage, there's some messagey garbage, and I was like, that might be fun, but then I was like, yeah. But it, This is messy and it works, and he sounds great, yeah. so let's do this one.
1: And I just feel like Sting is one of those people, I feel like even at the time, in the 80s, at least as I recall, he was considered with respect. He was a pop star that people were like, yes,
0: he is a pop star, but he's got the goods. And
1: I think that he yeah. has continued to earn that reputation.
0: He was like the, he was a thinking man's rock star. Yeah. Like you could have a conversation with the guy, he read books.
1: Yes, like, if you wanted the catchiness of a Rod Stewart without the inherent self-loathing that comes with listening to Rod Stewart, listen to Sting instead. And also
0: the unpleasant sounds that yes. come out of Rod Stewart. And the
1: unlike and the unpleasant discharges that eventually emerge because of an encounter <laughs> oh, with a Rod Stewart God. song.
0: <laughs> oh, why? <gasps> uh, Do you think uh, it's infected? If you... <laughs> if, I know. There's a cream for that for Rod Stewart. It is. Oh. oh God! If you think that we won't find our way to uh, reading Rod Stewart, <laughs> even in a even an episode that could not have less to do with him, <laughs> seriously, we will again. always
1: drag Rod Stewart, motherfucker. Oh
0: God! Like, are you new here? Oh gosh. Well, um, yeah. There's uh, what I like about this song is how much there is to it and it's really not trying that hard but it still manages to you know well, I was going to say bite off this big chunk of the issue but that's not really <laughs> where I where I want to go with that symbol um yeah and I started listening to more police after this so that's sort of the sign of a you know like a good revisit yeah. is when you disappear down the um iTunes Whole sorry
1: <laughs> well you know this is also making me think about it's it was only a few years later that van halen released the song hot for teacher which is yeah. told from the perspective of a young male student who is objectifying his teacher and you compare that song with its completely unambiguous belief that that horniness is approved and acceptable with this song and it I feel like you unpack so much about the way that we li- we think about sexuality. We think about the sexuality of boys and men compared to the sexuality of girls and women. And uh, I'm really glad to, that this song exists and that it came first because it's an antidote to the type of destructive swagger that dehumanizes young men. And I can't believe I just got real deep and thoughtful when we were having such a nice Rod Stewart dragging time, but... I just looked at my notes and saw well, that I hadn't we could touched also on that go yet. Back to, <laughs> we
0: could go back to a previous episode where we uh, talked about Fountains of Wayne. Oh, and right. And talked Stacey's about Stacey's mom. mom. Where that's sort of like, uh, but I think that's a little bit different, too, because it, it um you know, it normalizes this uh, diluted, like, existing in this constant state of a semi- Kid right. who's like the quote hero of the song, but it's also like okay, St- Stacy's mom has got more going on than you, yeah, Tucker. Well, it also and it <laughs> like, also
1: it also does this thing where it suggests that a young man cannot be sexually objectified or abused. It, it implies that men, no matter their age, that males always have sexual power. It says that we should not consider. Y- men as having any sort of sexual vulnerability and it implies that women no matter their age are always here to be objectified and that we should celebrate it that it's actually so normal that it's fun and i'm glad that a song like don't stand so close to me exists to offer a rebuke to such thinking
0: Uh, yeah and that uh, i mean i'd be interested to hear from the listeners as to whether they agree with me that there is a certain irony in or um not you know satire but that a lyric like you know how bad girls get like well we do but I think that lyric is also a comment on the tendency of society to dismiss the concerns of like a group of teen girls as catty witchy shit that should not be taken seriously like i i think the song is commenting on this and not just reporting it as reporting it would you agree i agree
1: and the more that i look at the lyrics the more i but also... i'm not
0: sure i'm right about that so if listeners disagree and have some foundation for that we always love to hear other theories well, what... unless they're about rod stewart being awesome just
1: well what i also that. what i also appreciate about that read which is one that i have too is that the young girl in this song has sexuality and she's not punished for it it's not wrong per se for her to have sexual feelings for a teacher but it's it's the adult who's wrong it's the teacher who's wrong like of course we a young woman should should and will have sexual feelings but it's the teacher who is really messed up because he's supposed to know better and you know what top 10 baby (laughs) yeah think about write a dissertation on that in the top 10 and then write a dissertation about the sign.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. I made an egg sandwich. I did not listen to Rod Stewart. Talk to you next time. In my head, are the surgeon's. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. Need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at talk songs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash become a supporter and producer of the podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash And as always, thank you for listening.